I'm Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Welcome to the Data Security Podcast, sponsored by SimCore. SimCore develops innovative, next-generation file integrity monitoring software. The SimTrack Integrity Suite monitors and protects a wide range of physical, network, cloud, and virtual IT assets in real time, while providing detailed forensic information about all changes. Securing your infrastructure with SimTrack helps you get compliant and stay that way. You can find out more about SimCore and SimTrack on the web at simcore.com forward slash SimTrack. Joining us today is Scott Schober, cyber expert, CEO of Berkeley Veritronic Systems, and author of the popular books, Hacked Again and Senior Cyber. Scott, welcome. Thanks so much for coming on to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Larry. Great to join you. Yeah, yeah. And Scott, I know that we talked about this article a little bit before the episode, and this is what we're going to be covering, which is by the Data Center Knowledge. And they recently published this article, and it's titled Top 5 Data Center Security Risks for 2023. And I'm thinking it might be easiest to go through each of these top five together, because as you're, you know, well aware, we've been experiencing Mm -hmm. rapid innovation in the cyber threat landscape. And what happened last year, of course, and the years prior isn't necessarily going to be what happens this year. So I guess, but before we go through each of the top five, do you want to just add your thoughts to perhaps what I just said or what this article got you thinking about? It does bring to mind immediately about the cyber landscape and how rapid it does change. In fact, I, th- I thought of it after reviewing it, I said it, it kind of changes like the wind. And I'm a, I'm a big sailor and you're constantly looking for the wind and it changes minute by minute. And it's almost that way with the cyber landscape. So I think one thing at the end of the reading, it told me to keep up with it is you have to constantly be in it. You have to be reading, doing research, going to events, talking to clients. You have to stay on top of your game because otherwise you're going to be chasing after threats that are long gone and non-existent. So I think a lot of it has to do with fundamentally educating ourselves continually and learning and listening to the media, listening to great stuff like what you guys do, putting out information that talks about the latest and greatest threats. That I think will really help businesses stay safe and stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we hope as well. Well, let's dive in. So number one on the list that Data Center Knowledge published was overstretched cybersecurity personnel. And this is certainly something we've been hearing about for years, but what did they touch upon here and what would you add? Yeah, this they talk about a problem and this is, it's probably not just within the cybersecurity industry, but I kind of look at it as as big tech altogether faces this, but maybe in particular cybersecurity even more so because of the shortage of staff. You can't find enough talented people in cyber. And I, as a small business owner, struggle with this. I'm trying to hire for two different positions and I'm combing through hundreds of resumes and trying to find the experience and make sure that everything meets, it's becoming a challenge. And then when you do hire the employees to keep them challenged, because honestly, cyber can be a little boring for some people. You have to keep them challenged, keep it exciting, and you have to almost invest in the employees. And I think that is really important. If you don't do that, you just won't be able to build up your staff and maintain them, keep them challenged from day to day. Also, this first point here talking about personnel, it's, it's also understanding the landscape a little bit and how you keep companies safe, your cybersecurity staff, realizing, and they make a great point about how much data now has migrated to the cloud. 
So when a lot of our workloads and access of things, and it could be payroll, it, it could be Adobe, it could be anything, remote access, a lot of our stuff is in the cloud. And that's good because the cloud has gotten much more secure and keeps our data safe. What's bad is it narrows down. It's a small attack surface that cyber criminals can now target. And we have to balance that out. So we need to have not just employees that can work effectively in the cloud, but that can keep our data secure in the cloud and keep it protected and understand where the vulnerabilities do lie, because it's harder to protect that area when it's not something physical or tangible in your building per se. That's an ongoing challenge, I think. So I think some of these points they brought out here, yeah, they're true. Staffing has been tough. It's been tough for the past few years. I think it's gotten a little worse just because of the changes in the job market, the unemployment, the changes, how rapidly it changes, as we talked about in the beginning, how cybersecurity has changed so much. The schooling hasn't caught up to these rapid changes in technology and cyber. So I think that that's really, really important. I was thinking too, more specifically, just about one of our customers. We sell to data centers. These are you know Fortune 500 companies and, and, and large tech companies that are housing big data. And it's mostly cloud data that they're housing. And we sell our tools to protect those data centers to keep wireless threats from coming in, basically. And it's funny, we've dealt with people for a number of years. Those people have moved on from data center to data center, from job to job. So there's a high churn because they get burned out quickly. They get tired. And I think that's one important thing that you realize quickly the employees may not stay there long enough. So it's more than just paying them a good salary. I think I just keep emphasizing to people, keep them challenged, keep educating them. That's not something they have to do on their own, but send them to, to conference events, have them subscribe to different newsletters, keep up with those trends so they could really educate themselves. And then they'll want to stay with your organization because you're being proactive and helping them grow in their knowledge base as they keep you safe. Excellent. And next up, is ransomware grows less prevalent, but there's a caveat. And so we have been hearing about how ransomware is perhaps growing less caveat, but I'm, I'm interested in your take on this and the, the caveat that they presented. Yeah. And this one, I guess, is a little surprising to me, but again, I'm immersed into cybersecurity breaches and ransomware attacks each and every day. So I hear about them all the time. So maybe from the frequency standpoint, I haven't noticed a change per se, but Again, they're saying there's a decline in the actual frequency, and I guess that's really what's reported. I question myself, or I don't want to say I question these statistics. I'm sure they're accurate what's been reported, but I wonder how many businesses have actually reported when they're a victim of a ransomware attack. Now, if you're a public company, you have to. And more and more, there's the, the onus is being put on companies that they must report, they have this much time to report, or they will be fined. So there, there, there's a reason for them to do it. But I, I wonder oftentimes, and I've talked to several business owners, and you know, small business owners, and said, Scott, what do I do? We're a victim of a ransomware attack. How can we make this go away? And then I right away ask, do you have a company you're working with? Do you have a backup of your data? I go down through all the basics. And oftentimes they want to make the problem go away and just let a few people know and keep it hush hush because they don't want to scare their employees. They don't want to scare their customers away because it affects the bottom line. And as a small business, that could really hurt you. Whereas in contrast, as I mentioned, with a larger publicly held company, they're going to be disclosing these things. And I think those are accurately reported and probably they have gone down and decrease. And that's in part because people are getting better at defending against them. People are educating themselves. 
But the little caveat, as you mentioned there, it does bring out a good point there. Maybe that threat actors are launching more sophisticated attacks that are purposeful and more successful then. So if you make a more focused, purposeful attack against a target and you get the maximum amount of money, say you you know, you get a million dollars in a ransomware attack versus trying to perform 50 ransomware attacks and you're only going to get a couple thousand dollars for each, which would you choose? Well, probably the larger one. And I think that's what some of the cyber criminals, they've gotten good and they're focusing on those sophisticated attacks. And the challenge of it is for organizations and enterprises and small businesses, everybody, it's tough to defend against those attacks. So I think the bottom line, what I walk away from the second point is the importance of continual education. And they, they talk about that a little bit there about some of the monitoring, of course, for, for endpoint security, you got to monitor and you also have to have anti-phishing education. That's really a key point. I think a lot of people, they hear about it, say, yeah, I probably should do it. But companies that do do the training, awareness and education, especially against the anti-phishing, do much better if they have to face a ransomware attack because employees don't react the wrong way. They stop, they think, they don't click. They ask a supervisor, they ask a boss. They're probably more proactive having backups and things in place so they can survive attack even if somebody does make the inevitable mistake and clicks onto something and it downloads, be it their smartphone, their tablet, their computer, whatever the case. So lots of great information in that second paragraph. And interesting, that stat there, how it kind of ransomware is growing less prevalent, but yet understanding that little caveat that they brought about. Yeah, definitely. Well, next for us, Scott, is number three of attackers elude traditional data center security protections. So what was covered here? Yeah, this was, again, kind of an interesting spin on it here a little bit. Because when we think of, of basic security and the basic education that, that goes within a, in a company, people are told, you know, hey, create long, strong passwords and do this, do that. And oftentimes the magic bullet that a lot of people feel is, well, multi-factor authentication. As long as I do that and, and we preach it, it is important. Long, strong passwords, don't reuse passwords and use an added layer of security, multi-factor authentication. However, this paragraph brings out what have attackers done? They've set their sights on those areas. So they call them the pillars of cybersecurity arsenal. This is the EDR, endpoint detection and response and multi-factor authentication. And it helps us to appreciate we need to really keep that strong and be careful there because hackers now say, okay, we're not just going after the low-hung fruit, as they often say, the people that have a weak password or people that reuse passwords, we're going to even go after the people that have those added layers of security. And that tells us that we have to keep our game up, all of us, and make cybersecurity personal and keep up with that education and make sure that everybody, yes, they're using MFA and EDR, all the tools and all the things that are there and available, but that we also educate and help our employees understand why they're important. And to be careful if it looks like somebody's trying to get around it. And what do I mean by that? I was, in fact, just talking to somebody about this, and there was a compromise recently, and it was specifically targeting the multi-factor authentication, intercepting if you get a text that the code, it's usually a six-digit code you get, you're logging onto your bank, and you get that code for multi-factor authentication that you can enter because you have that phone, it's you, it's tied to you and your logging credentials. Now they're intercepting that. So what does that mean? We have to be careful and mix it up. And what do I say by mixing it up? And I think it's important. It's not always do it the same way. Sometimes have that passcode called to you 
when I log into my Amazon account, I do that. Sometimes I'll have a code sent to me. Sometimes I'll call. Sometimes I'll have it emailed. Sometimes I'll have it sent to a different phone number. In other words, I'm mixing up that additional layer of security. It means it's delivered to me so nobody can intercept that. And that's what this paragraph, I think, really helps us to appreciate that attackers are trying to elude these traditional security protections. And we really got to stay on top of our game or we'll be victims. And so growing data center compliance challenges and compliance is something that we're hearing across the board, regardless of what you know discipline you're in within cyber, of course. But what is this covering you know, specifically regarding data center compliance challenges? Yeah, I think the problem with compliance is, and in fact, they reference a few of them here, but one that stands out in my mind that we have to deal with is PCI compliance. This is when you're accepting credit cards over the internet or manually processing them or taking them over the phone. You have to do a series of things to make sure that you protect those credit cards and that customer information. And that you also, if you do store it, that it's encrypted and kept safe or that you properly destroy it, be it shredding, if it's written down manually, so on and so forth. The problem is with many of these systems and compliances that are put out there, there are a series of questions. Do you properly dispose of all personal information for your customers? And most people check off the box, yes. And do you shred them? Yes. Do you do this? Yes. Do you encrypt it? Yes. The problem is, are people actually doing what they say they're doing? They have to be truthful as they go through some of these compliances and not just check all the boxes, but make sure they're actually adhering to it. Because if they do adhere to what's prescribed, they will keep it safer. And the same is especially true for these data centers. They have to maintain, make sure all on staff are actually complying to the cybersecurity rules that are in place that they're agreeing to. And the fact that, and, and they bring this out, they're changing constantly. Compliances are updated. They're changing. So again, we go back to what as we were talking about before, education, education, education. As their new compliance mandates you got to make sure your business adequately complies to those so your staff is trained and you're doing things properly. So part of it's a human problem. If we don't keep educating those people to stay on top of it, we will fall behind and we will not be compliant. And hence, the data is at risk. And lastly, physical data center security risks. Physical never seems to, you know, it's something that perhaps we can forget about, but it is still very much a, a risk. Oh, yeah, sure. And I, and I think this is probably the most overlooked area because cyber criminals will find how can they find a backdoor, as we often hear the phrase, and how can they exploit something that's not so obvious. Sometimes you build up that fortress, a wall around everything and big, strong front doors. And if they simply come in the back door and they give examples such as, you know, compromise the HVAC system. It makes me instantly think back to 2013. The first major credit card breach, data breach that was reported was Target. And it was a result of actually Target's HVAC company, a third party that had remote access into Target. That was the conduit that they got in through the HVAC communication systems. And it makes you kind of laugh and you think, well, it's just a weakness. It was a vulnerability there. They weren't using multi-factor authentication. They simply had a password, login credentials, remotely logged in, placed malware, started collecting the credit cards, had them pulled out, wiped away any evidence that they were there on their network systems. And suddenly they've got tens of thousands of credit cards that they now sell on the dark web. So protecting those areas that are not that obvious, I think is really important. And I think for data centers, especially, I always put a word of caution out, make sure that you're regularly doing vulnerability assessments and you're doing penetration testing. In other words, this is a third party that will come in 
and it will look at all of your measures, everything from your compliance, your education, and they'll try to find and exploit any vulnerabilities. Once they can get in, then they'll identify these to you and say, look, hey, here's how we got into your network. Now let's work together to shore this up so it doesn't happen again. And I think that's so important for organizations to do that, but especially data centers, to do that on a regular basis each year, find those weaknesses and vulnerabilities and shore them up. And I think then it will allow them to keep that data secure. Wonderful. Well, Scott, is there anything else that you'd like our audience to know about what we've discussed or even what we haven't yet discussed? Again, I go back to the point, I touched on this a little bit. I can't emphasize enough the importance of investing in good talent on your staff because really the data is only as secure as those employees that you have on staff. If they're doing their job and making sure that the data is secure, then they'll be happy. They're accomplishing their job and give them the tools that they need. Give them the education, give them the training and the resources and the support, and then the data centers will stay much more secure. And ultimately, as we talked about, they're going to be happier employees and they're going to want to stay. They're going to be commended for a job well done. They're going to keep that data secure. Oftentimes, you don't hear about anything with the team protecting the data until there's a breach, until there's a lapse. And then they're the scapegoat. Everybody points to them. They didn't do a good job and they remove them and bring in somebody else. But if you work with them and build up your team and invest in good talent, you will have a secure data center. Excellent. Well, Scott, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming on to the Data Security Podcast with me and sharing your expertise with our audience. Yeah. Thank you so much, Hillary, for having me on. Great conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The Data Security Podcast is sponsored by Simcor Inc. Simcor develops innovative next-generation file integrity monitoring software. The SimTrack Integrity Suite monitors and protects a wide range of physical, network, cloud, and virtual IT assets in real time, while providing detailed forensic information about all changes. Securing your infrastructure with SimTrack helps you get compliant and stay that way. You can find out more about SimCore and SimTrack on the web at simcore.com forward slash SimTrack. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. To hear our other podcasts and to watch our videos, visit us at cybercrimemagazine.com.